You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Late good afternoon, everybody. Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts uh, on the biggest stories along for the ride on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. The opening week of the NFL on the Locked On Podcast Network is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code LOCKEDON gets you 20%. No uh, space, no caps. Gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. Uh, appreciate the folks of Mack Weldon for sponsoring the first week of the NFL here with the Locked On Network. Um, just, again, uh, obviously wanted to thank everybody. Uh, you know, obviously this morning, 1029, uh, Jeff Lloyd Sr., Jeff Lloyd I, uh, my father, uh, he took his last breath. Um, we're here to work. This is the work ethic that's been instilled in me by my father, the man 73 years old, worked forever. It's pretty much what he did. And when he wasn't working, he was helping people. And when he wasn't helping people, he was working more. Um, it just it had a surgery and some things, you know, some complications of part. It's It wasn't a shock, but it was, you know, it's still a shock, so to speak. Um, man had six children, had 10 grandchildren. Uh, you want to put together a resume of what was a great father, great grandfather, uh, and a great man. Uh, that was my dad. And to be able to say that, you know, I'm one of Jeff Lloyd's children, uh, I'll forever carry that as a badge of honor. Um, we'll be okay. Um, it's not going to affect the shows because it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's work ethic. This is what we do. This is what I've been ingrained to do. This is, you know, it's how we measured folks. He didn't measure you by your intelligence. He didn't measure you by this. He measured you by what kind of person you were and how hard you worked at whatever craft you had. You know, I've obviously learned a ton from him. I'm going to miss the living daylights out of him. Um, I appreciate him for being a great father. I appreciate him for being a great Father-in-law, I appreciate him for being a great, uh, for being a great grandfather. I mean, all of that stuff. Um, with that, we've got work to do. Um, obviously, Pete, things got a little bit hairy for a minute with the entire Greg Robinson situation. Um, Well-played strategic move, and I guess it kind of all starts off, Pete, where you go to Greg Robinson in his camp and say, look, here's what we kind of need to do. And I don't think the contract details have come out yet, but we're we're going to compensate you for this little bit. We know you're going to play left tackle for us this year. We've still got a little extra coin in the pocket, but we kind of need a favor here. Yeah, I mean, they needed somebody to and, – and this seems like a very unnecessary hoop to jump through, but uh, multiple teams did it yesterday. Uh, Greg Robinson being the example for the Browns, but it allowed them to, I guess, put Drew Forbes on injured reserve in a way that they could designate him for return uh, without having to designate him for return. Like, so that's allegedly how this thing worked. The line well, I guess, right, the league year starts today. So when they put him on the IR designated to return then you just bring greg robinson back i'm a right i guess right to guys forgive me today's labor day yes so yes the league year essentially starts today right uh the lions did the same thing with uh with uh the former quarterback uh from buffalo uh their tight end anyway the bottom line is uh that it, it just it, it enabled them to sort of jump through a hoop. Uh, Greg Robinson's contract was uh, initially structured in a way that it just happened to be very easy to do it with his. I expect he got a little something for it. Uh, but because he had such little money uh, involved in an actual like guarantee and it's largely uh, involved in uh, bonuses, uh, they could do this uh, maneuver the little thing, maneuver around this. He was already, he's already resigned. He practiced today. So um, the initial way it was described, which is a tweet that was just Browns released Greg Robinson uh, certainly seems deliberately deceptive to cause that reaction. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it ends up being a nothing, nothing deal. Uh, he's back. 
they practice. He practiced. Uh, he'll be obviously the guy for week one. And look, you know, I look just a smart move. And obviously, the whole key to this of all of it was that Greg Robinson wasn't subjected to waivers. That's how you can maneuver this whole thing. So that's you know, I mean, look, I mean, just smart housekeeping. And there's some nerd there that probably said, "Oh, hey, here's something we can do." And you know, that smart nerd will probably get you know kicked up a little salary himself. But I mean, it's you know, great you know managing of your roster the way they put that all together, you know, roster manipulation. Uh, Pete went ahead and filled out the practice squad today. Um, yeah, I'm not saying Elijah McGuire is here to steal anybody's gig, but uh, as far as you know, the two backup running backs on the roster right now, uh, neither one of them have you know, and it's not like Elijah McGuire's resume is is huge, but he's got a little bit bigger of an NFL resume than Dontrell Hilliard, Ernest Johnson. You know, nothing to discredit to them. Now we'll see how they play the first couple of weeks, but it, it could also you know, if something were to happen to Hilliard so to speak, you can get some of that Duke Johnson that you've lost value back with Elijah McGuire. The running has been okay. He's been a good receiver. It, it's a nice get on a practice squad. Uh, he is a two-year veteran, both with the Jets. Uh, he has a build more akin to Nick Chubb. He's more designed to be a downhill runner like Nick Chubb. He's sort of, at least athletically, uh, sort of the opposite of Dearness Johnson and Dontrell Hilliard, although he is a pretty good pass catcher. Um, his running stats for the Jets are, you know, poor man's Carload Hyde-ish, which isn't where you want to be. But uh, if you look at anybody who toted the rock for the New York Jets yeah. the last two years, you're not going to find four yards per carry. So, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a veteran – being added to the to the roster, uh, he is now he is the most experienced player on the Browns. He has 24 career games in his two years with the Jets at the uh, running back position. At, at, yeah, at running back. Whereas the entire the rest of the running back room in the, in, in the Cleveland Browns uh, combined is 27 games. Uh, so, you know, he is a little bit older than those other, or more veteran, I suppose. He's still only 25. Um, there's a little bit of sort of an understanding of getting a guy who sort of understands how things are supposed to go. But if something were to happen to Nick Chubb, uh, he could step in there and, and fulfill a role or somebody else like that. Um, it's probably more of a safety blanket role than necessarily going, man, we love Elijah McGuire. Uh, I think if they were just looking at this as, we're going to get the best prospect to sort of develop, uh, that probably wouldn't have been the way to go. But he does have a little bit of experience. He has been a part of two NFL seasons. He has played on Sundays. Uh, he has been productive. I mean, his passing production is pretty good. Um, running, you can sort of go, ooh, 3.3 yards per carry. That ain't great. Uh, you'd like to think that the Browns would be able to sort of generate more with Baker Mayfield and company. Uh, but, again, I, I, I don't think he was – certainly – if they need somebody, he can step in. They can sign him, and they, he can step in and do something. But I think realistically, this is more about um, <clears throat> bringing something more off the field, in the, at least for the time being, uh, especially now with Kareem Hunt sort of out for a while. Not that I think he's the best role model or anything, but uh, it gives you a little bit of that veteran uh, element in the running back room. Uh, exactly. And the other thing, though, is, it, you know, it gives you, you know, a way to mix and match if you have to. God forbid something happens to anybody here. Um, look, a lot of it, obviously, it, it all relies uh, on Nick here for the time being. And that wasn't going to change anyway. Uh, you know, this is, you know, Nick's show, so to speak. But, you know, McGuire gives you kind of a combo, whether if Johnson were to get hurt or whether something were to happen to Hilliard, he can kind of come in and you still have the same type of flow in your running back room which is, you know, what you're going to need here. Um, look, obviously a lot of it is, I mean, most of it is going to be on Baker and obviously, you know, the air assault, you know, with the receiving core and with David Njoku, which we're more than okay with. Um, Pete, and um, I, I believe it's the sins of our, uh, is it, which podcast is it? But one of them, we, we brought in a tackle, alum from the high school? Yeah, Sin of Our Fathers, the okay. uh, Coon Brothers 3, uh, went to the same high school as uh, Paul Adams, Offensive tackle out of Missouri, uh, uh, 
te- uh, high school. I, I, I think it's a pretty substantially sized high school in Tennessee. Uh, but yeah, he played at Missouri. He's got pretty good movement skills. His testing says he is weak um, and needs to get substantially stronger if he's going to be an NFL tackle. But uh, it's a guy with movement skills. It's a guy to take a look at. Um, it would not surprise me as, you know, this tends to happen every year. You know, they may have a guy in for a few weeks and then sort of rotate out uh, and go get somebody else uh, and, and see where that goes. But he's at least a body type. He's got the length you want. He's got the weight you would like. Uh, he's almost 6'6", six, six and uh, at least tested at 317. I expect a lot, you know, I expect the hope is that he – you know, changes the quality of that 317, gets gets substantially more powerful. Uh, but frame, body type, those are things that would appeal to James Campen. Uh, and, and this is a position to me that uh, you have to have on a practice squad in general. Certainly the Browns should anyway, uh, because I think, you know, we both believe that they're likely to lose both tackles after this year. And even if you can find like a swing tackle, um, yeah, it would be the practice squad or, or, you know, your depth, that type of stuff. Um, I, I think that, that, that that's something worthwhile for you. You know, Paul Adams, I think is probably a year away from being sort of a rosterable player, at least. Uh, and that, that, that's worth taking a look at. Um, well, obviously, you know, they don't want to listen to us and with, you know, and we spent all this time learning the name of Brian Finney and Afo. Um, at least you guys could have done this, you know, kept him around for the fold. We'll see what but that's, but that's one of those things where like, and, and I don't know if they, you know, they basically said they're done with him or not, but it wouldn't surprise me if like a month down the road, they, they let somebody go or somebody gets promoted or whatever. And then they bring in Finney and Ganafo, uh because, you know, he, they sort of, he knows what the offense is. They sort of have familiarity with him and they basically are, feel comfortable uh, not having him on the practice squad. Now that sucks for the player because obviously you'd like to get those checks. Uh, but of course, of course. There, there is an element of this where by virtue of the practice squad and, and how it works that you can sort of get a few weeks of guys, uh, get a, get a look um, at them. If you like them, you can keep up with them. If you don't, you can sort of let them go. Um, it also sort of gets people off the trail a little bit about, you know, who you really like and who you should really try to uh, sign off a practice squad because there's that element to it. But yeah. So um, whether it's both, I haven't seen any, any, uh, any news of either Finney and Ganafo or Brad Seaton, both of which I would have liked on the practice squad, honestly, um, having signed anywhere else at this point, which doesn't mean they won't, they just aren't right now. But uh, that's, that's uh, certainly something to keep an eye on. But that, 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 this is sort of what you can use the practice squad for is, it's a ten man, ten man unit eleven with Tiggy Sanko who does you know exempt, and then you can sort of look at it and go well you can sort of expand it and make it like a thirty man practice squad if you're sort of uh, bringing guys in and out uh, over the course of the week and you may have a few guys that you uh, you really like that you want to keep on there plus you get into the sort of the weeds of the practice squad rules there's four spots that you can use on guys with two years in the league. Uh, and there's six spots that you can use on guys with less than two years in the league. So like, for example, I wouldn't expect them to let Derek Willis go anytime soon from the practice squad. Uh, but the other six spot, those six spots where you have less room, you might be more flexible in trying to move guys around. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, you know, honestly, a lot of it is, is an audition. I mean, you've seen Seton, you've seen Finney Ganafo, you bring this guy, you know, you bring him in, it's, you know, I mean, it could change in five days, could change in 15 days, couldn't change in 35 days. Uh, you know, so look, that's where we're at, guys. But the best, I guess we're in a game week. It's literally Monday. Uh, you know, six days from now, we're going to be sitting down, finishing up a post-game show. God dang, I'm excited. That is something totally in Geek 4 where we finally can get this 19 product out on the road. Uh, go to DraftKings. Dot com now and use the promo code locked on no space all caps uh eligibility restrictions apply 
cdraftkings.com for details. But go ahead and get yourself ready. And there is a, uh, you know, obviously you get your first lineup out and you can play just the Thursday night games, draft six game, uh, draft six guys from the Thursday night game. Have at it. I mean, for all you daily fantasy folks, uh, let's go. It, it's your time. Remember to use the promo code, no space, all caps, locked on. Mac Weldon is a better is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics. Like I said, they will be uh, the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will need. They will have a, uh, a silver underwear and shirts that are naturally... Uh, act, act, uh, naturally just fit to the skin. It's almost kind of, kind of like a dry fit to it. Um, for me personally, look, socks, you know, you need the undershirts, um, shorts, sweats. I mean, who are we kidding? This is kind of what your weekend wardrobe comes with. Not only does Mac Wilson's underwear, socks, and shorts, and perform, uh, and they perform well too, it's good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, well, dates, going out with the wife, family, just everyday life. Use the promo code locked on. Uh, like I said, for me, it's, you know, I'm all about the comfort. So, you know, and that's where Mac Weldon comes in. Um, so, um, uh, like I said, use the promo code uh, locked on. Uh, uh, locked on space, uh, just capital L, capital O, 20% off on your first purchase. Uh, the sizes range, obviously, you know, big, tall, small, short, whatever. I mean, they got you all small, medium, large, extra large. They got you covered. Um, Mac Weldon, use the promo code locked on. Obviously, we appreciate the living daylights out of them for promoting this uh, first week of the NFL season here on Locked On. Um, check it out, MacWeldon.com, the promo code. Locked on, space, capital L, capital O, 20% off on the promo code. And again, always appreciate them as they are sponsoring the first week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Pete, all this being said, we got a game this week. Uh, Tennessee Titans going to travel into first energy. Um, I did think it was kind of cute. They're trying to get some information from Taiwan Taylor and everybody had their snide comments. I saw you did. I kind of threw one out there too. So tell us about the Titans offense. Well, they've got Derrick Henry and I think we're about done. They have talent. It just, if you don't have a quarterback and it's so great to say this from where we're sitting now, Pete, if you don't have a quarterback, what do you got? Well, yeah, I mean, there's so much talk about, you know, is Marcus Mariota even going to, you know, is he going to even last? And that, you know, outside of injury, is at some point Ryan Tannehill just going to take over? Um, And if you're sort of banking on that to sort of upgrade the position, that sort of says all you need to know. Um, The Tennessee Titans have a lot of things that look like they could work together as a really nice offense, and it just hasn't happened yet uh and obviously uh you know you enter the the first week of the season without taylor lewin cognito and that's just a giant kick in the nuts because now you have to find a way to block miles garrett and olivier vernon and Jannard avery off the edge and you're down you know one of your better linemen um that's just not a good way to go and if you watched uh tennessee take on pittsburgh and, and i would again i wouldn't suggest that Tennessee is going to play as badly as they did against Pittsburgh, but they still had a real problem uh, blocking, uh, blocking for their quarterback. And it wasn't just tackle. I mean, their guards had issues. I mean, they had a $40 million guard get his ass kicked by Cameron Hayward and Cameron Hayward will do that. But you look at it from the Browns standpoint and you're sitting there going, well, they have to block Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, Olivier Vernon, Jannard Avery. If, if Deborah Lawrence is going to play like he has been lately, even if it's sort of like a tick below, that's still six guys where you're sitting there going, you know, what is, what is, what is this going to look like? And, you know, in that game, uh, you know, Mike Vrabel just basically pulled the white flag and waved it and said, look, we can't protect for him. We're getting him out. And 
that's not a good thing. So offensively, there's a lot that could be problematic. But if you just say, if you were just to say, look, let's compare these two offenses side by side. And you're saying, where are the Titans better than the Browns? And without Luan in there and with some other questions, I mean, their offensive line probably top to bottom is a little bit better than the Browns. But it's not like a situation where you're going, man, the Titans should just be able to run downhill on the Browns. They're going to be able to have great pass protection. They've got one giant question mark at left tackle. And then their skill players are nowhere near as good. Derrick Henry is a nice player. I, I, I will take Nick Chubb 100 times out of 100 over him just in terms of the full body of work. I mean, you can certainly make the case that the Titans have more depth at the running back position. Obviously, you go from Nick Chubb to Dontrell Hilliard and Dearness Johnson, and, and you may like those guys, but Deion Lewis is certainly a, a, a more proven player in that standpoint. They've got receivers in Corey Davis. They've got A.J. Brown. They brought in uh, Humphrey, Adam Humphreys from the Bucks, which is why the Browns now have Taiwan Taylor. And all these things sort of look good, but you're just still waiting to see how all this fits together. And I don't think they've gotten to that point yet. So, uh, look, they, they have guys that can make plays. I think the Titans receiver size can be an interesting dynamic in this game. Certainly, you know, Derrick Henry is a big back. That provides its own dynamic that you have to account for. But I, I can't say that I'm afraid of anything the Titans do to – against this Browns roster as it's currently constituted. I don't see yeah, – There's honestly, with this, there's no way I can disagree with you. I mean, look, Derrick Henry – There's part of the reason why Derrick Henry succeeds later in the season like he does. You know, guys are out there not 100%. You know, there's guys with dinged-up shoulders. There's guys, you know, with, you know, ailments whatsoever. And essentially, you know, you're, you, you know, you're trying to tackle, you know, a freaking Ford F-150. So it becomes, you know, less advantageous to do that if you're trying to finish out your season. This, I mean, everybody should be fresh, should be pretty fresh. And, yeah, I mean, you add in, you know, Devereaux Lawrence, who seems to be quick as hell off the ball. And, you know, if you're only going to get a shoulder on Devereaux Lawrence, you might as well yell duck to your quarterback. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we'll see our boy, Pete. We're going to see our boy, Harold Landry, who we love to death. We'll see how that works. Um, but, you know, it, again, it's okay. Well, you know, er, we'll take, and I guess their best corner is Malcolm Butler. We're going to put him on Odell Beckham Jr. All right. Well, how are you going to defend the rest of this? And, and then there is Nick Chubb. Look, there's going to be some questions and some shakiness on the offensive line through week one here as, you know, they play more together and try to put together a full game together. But you, this is stuff you're going to see. And look, Nick Chubb, it's, you know, look, I mean, you know, create a hole, that's fantastic. But, you know, it's not like Nick's just going to, you know, if the hole's not there, he's just going to slide down and say, all right, you know, loss of one, or we only gained zero. I mean, we gained, gained nothing, or we only gained one. Nick's going to give it as good as he'll get it. Uh, you know, then there's the matchups of David Njoku and, you know, whatever the, th- if they play, for, if they suit up for this week and it's, you know, Seals Jones and it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously Farrell Brown and, you know, there's mismatches to be had, you know, obviously Jarvis and, you know, the way this is all going to work out. And then, you know, you look at all of this and you want to say, all right, well, you know, give me a sleeper for the week. Ah, oh, Rashard Higgins for seven for one, seven for 81 for a touchdown, because you got to say, all right, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. And we already know what Higgins is. You can't account for everything skill wise with this team. And then there's Baker, who's, you know, basically taking this entire off season and just putting a little more on his shoulders because, he gets bored and he just wants it to go out there and shut people up once again and say, look, you know, I, I deserve to be mentioned with the top 10, top 12 quarterbacks in this league, which, you know, we kind of think maybe he is, but, you know, league wise, he doesn't get, you know, that yet, which is fair. That's totally fair, but he certainly views himself there. Uh, you know, and then what the hell are you going to do? You ain't got your left tackle. Um, I mean, Miles Garrett, I mean, unless they triple team him. This is going to be a multi-sack game, Pete. Uh, it certainly should be, um, based on what they're doing. And if it's not, it, it's it's because he's doing something else to make a massive impact, or they have they have, you know, basically changed what they're doing so much 
to deal with that. But it, you know, it doesn't have to be Gary. I mean, it, it, if they've got him at right end, though, if you found the turd and you think the turd is Dennis Kelly, uh, then yeah, that's a great matchup. Obviously, you know, the the sky's the limit on on, on what Miles Garrett can be, and you could certainly see him put up three sacks or something like that because he is that good. He is that special, and he does have the ability to put up a, you know, a 20-sack season or, or flirt with a record or something like that. This is, you know, he almost, like, leisurely got to the 13-and-a-half he had last year where people were disappointed with him. Uh, now with better coverage, you think he's going to have that much more. Um, Tennessee's corners are interesting. Um, you, you mentioned Malcolm Butler. Logan Ryan is, is a, you know, professional corner. And then they've got a Dory Jackson who, who makes for an interesting slot type guy. Uh, the best thing the Titans have going for them are their safeties. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro, again, professional level linebacker, but Kevin Bayard is very, very good. Um, and then, you know, their backers, I have major question marks on the inside, but their outside backers are quite good. Um, Cameron Wake, you know, is like 67 years old and still gets it done. And Harold Lane, Canadian is- years. And then you have uh, Kamali Correa, who they got in a trade from Baltimore that was sort of like a oh-by-the-way type move, and now he's their third rusher. That's at least interesting. Their defensive line is interesting. Jarrell Casey is obviously very good. They're going to have to find a way to block him. Uh, But, you know, inside backers, Rashawn Evans, to me, so far, has just been a gigantic swing and a miss. Uh, not surprisingly, his solo tackle market share at Alabama was shitty. Uh, and then Jayon Brown is fine. I don't think he's great. They've got Wesley Woodyard is sort of a, you know, a nickel type guy. You know, I think if the Browns are going to have any issues, I think it's more likely to be on this side of the ball. I think they're far better in this area than they are uh, offensively. And, and I, I, I don't think the Titans want to get into a situation where we're talking about scores in the 30s. I don't think they can keep up with that. Uh, I think their defense has to keep the Browns off balance, has to cause some turnovers uh, to to keep themselves in this game. It's certainly a game the Browns can lose, but uh, that's that's the emphasis for me. Is I think it, it's a game the Browns will need to lose more so than the Titans can just beat them. And there's also the, you know, the unwrapping of the Christmas present where nobody has any idea what their plans are with Odell Beckham Jr. And, you know, nobody's got anything on film. And obviously, you know, Baker and Odell just got to be literally foaming at the mouth to get this thing going and, you know, to let everybody know and, you know, what Baker thinks he is, what he can do with Odell, what Odell thinks he can do with the accuracy of one Baker Mayfield. Um, obviously, we got, the, you know, a little bit of talk here on Tennessee. We're going to do some listener questions here. You know, we went over the, uh, you know, the news of the last 24 hours, Cleveland Brown-wise. So, you know, we'll move on here. Further ahead here, it's a new season. Antonio Brown will play for the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell, the check has cleared. So, he's going to play with the Jets. Uh, we know where that Beckham young man is. Um, we've lost a guy like Andrew Luck from the NFL for the time being. The one thing that has not changed is where I am putting my money down on all the games this year. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're holding their first online handicapping contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and secure your chance at the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a site to you that's been good to us in the past. My bookie has been here for ages. If I'm going to dabble a little money, and me and Pete always talk about this, we're soft with this, my bookie is the place where I would drop it. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It is literally that simple. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for everybody who's a fantasy guy, and look, if everybody's finishing up their fantasy drafts this weekend, you can always bet over-unders on your favorite player, fantasy-wise, for each game Thursday night. You got what, Packers, Bears? Go ahead, throw a little down. 
Right now, you can put money down with MyBookie, and they will match it 100%. You put up to $1,000 down. $1,000. You know what you're doing. That should cover your entire NFL season. Use the promo code Locked On. All caps, space, locked, space, on to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot com today and make sure you enter the promo code locked on, all caps, space in between. Bet, win, get paid, guys. All right, first question we got here, Pete. And this, look, we always love the fuck. As much as Pete and I like to bust chops, Chops, it's fun to have our chops bust back. It's kind of where you get it from. I mean, that's where you look. We'll give it. That's we respect it. At Foles Nation 272. Pete, did Jarvis Landry steal your lunch money somewhere down in Baton Rouge? And he apologizes. Will this make things better? Pete? Sorry, I had muted myself. I, I certainly would hope Jarvis Nagy wouldn't have stolen my lunch money, considering with the amount he's getting. <laughs> Here we go. I love it. Million dollars to be the third best receiver on the Browns, and maybe the if fourth. If we're doing Chick Fil A, Jarvis Landry better be picking up, whether he hates us or not. Right. So look, he's he is clearly valuable in terms of what he does uh, within the locker room and and all those things. He just isn't worth fifteen million dollars for what he's going to do on the field. He just, you know, Odell Beckham's way better than him. And and I've seen nothing to suggest Richard Higgins won't continue to be better than him. So, you know, you can be as excited as you want as about a guy who's making that much money to, to be, you know, a guy, but you know, to me, I think you need to get more out of that. Uh, I, you know, if if he wants to be the receiver coach uh, and retire, I would happily pay him $20 million just to be the receiver coach. But when it comes to a salary cap world, um, you know, that's, that's the framework we have to work within. I mean, and look, I mean, if this all turns out to be as great as it can be, and, you know, we'll revisit all this. Um, and, but look, I mean, you know, I, I know, you know, obviously there is no denying what's between him and Odell. Um, it doesn't mean that they couldn't be on separate teams, but there is that anything you can do, I can do better. And if that leads to the Browns, you know, beating up a scoreboard like a freaking pinball machine, where numbers are just revolving, go with it. And we'll revisit all this at a later date. Um, but hey, I don't appreciate the question. And busting chops is always okay. Um, our, our buddy out in Hawaii, uh, yeah, obviously Big Mike Krupka, uh, Cordero uh, Hodge graded out pretty darn good this preseason. How does he stick, and where does he fit in the long term plan? Uh, I know you know what I think, but curious how you guys think. I think what concerns me with with Hodge Pete is, and it's not that you know, it's not that Mike doesn't bring up good points about what it is though is is if he has a slow beginning, I mean, you literally got Derek Willies in the bullpen who, I mean, if Hodge struggles at all with the playbook or there's not a spot for him where it looks like he's going to show you anything on special teams, it's like Derek Willies is in the bullpen waving his hat, the arm's ready. I'm here, guys. Put me in. Right. This feels about as much – I'm I got to be honest. This feels like he may not even make the jet game. It's just where I'm going with this. When you were able to sneak Willie's back. Could be. Um, I, I think you could also look at this as, is you've got a month to try to, if you, if you, a month for the Browns to decide if they like Daryl Hodge, a month to decide if Daryl Hodge like the Browns. And if the two aren't a match right now, um, you could look at this as the Browns trying to con- convince Kadero Hodge that if and when they do have to release him and he clears waivers, that uh, they might try see if they can't convince him to join their practice squad as opposed to the Rams or somewhere else. Uh, but look, it's a month. Uh, a lot could happen in a month in terms of injuries. Uh, you know, that's plenty of time to, to, to learn the playbook and get involved. From that end, you're obviously – it's not just him. I mean, I know he's sort of the, the, the guy that didn't cost them a draft pick, but I think 
relative relative to what the Browns are looking at, I think he and Taiwan Taylor are on pretty much even footing in terms of their uh, viability. They both have to prove something to be able to stick around. And if they don't, um, then that's going to be sort of the end of either one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when, when Callaway comes back, there's going to be another move. And right now I, I would certainly expect that, that Hodge would be the favorite to be let go in that scenario. But in a month, we may think differently. And certainly we're going to need uh, guys to, to contribute on special teams. Is, is, are they content with, with uh, Dearness Johnson returning kicks? Do they want somebody like a Taiwan Taylor, who's obviously electric in space, to do some of that stuff? Uh, there's just a lot that's sort of to be determined with, with those type of things. And when you're coming into week one of the season and you've only got – you know, four receivers that really know your offense, uh, that's, that's a different deal. And one of those guys has barely practiced with Mayfield ever. I mean, this is going back to last year where Ratley got re- re- any meaningful reps with, with Mayfield. So, you know, even that part of this feels like, you know, maybe Ratley's thrown into that mix as far as that, that competition. Uh, and, and by virtue of the fact that Ratley had missed so much practice, obviously he knows the offense better than those two guys do. But it, I don't know if it seems like Ratley has that much of a, a lead over those two guys. It's certainly possible. And, and, and look, and once Callaway gets here, I mean, that you're probably four strong. And then it's, you know, what can you do for me where, you know, what is the positives of your resume? And it is a fun one to, uh, you know, see how this scenario is going to play out. And, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of this and all of it is on, you know, Odell and Jarvis and Higgins maintaining health. And, you know, hopefully Odell, it can go a little bit better for him than it's gone the last couple of years. Um, at Tom, Red Right 88, he kind of jumped right in on Mike's. And he's actually got a good point here. Um, with the addition of Wyatt Teller, and look, guys, uh, you know, yes, there's a transition to right guard. But it's not like Eric Cush is a baby here. Um, you kind of know what Eric Cush is. Eric Cush struggles. I mean, it's it's the same scenario I just said. Obviously, you know, uh, with Hodgepeet, it's you know Eric Cush has got a legitimate contender on his back. It's just a question of getting a little more acclimated to right guard and being ready to go. But you know, Cush has got a serious contender right now. Well, I mean. White Taylor has to make the adjustment to right guard. I think that's a big reason why they, they went out and got Justin McCray uh, is because he has far more experience at right guard. Uh, the Browns, Freddie Kitchens and his pressure today certainly made it sound like Teller's going to get reps at right guard. Uh, I, he- I mean, we're not, I mean, if Petonio goes down, it's just a, okay, we'll figure it the frig out. I mean, we know where Teller was brought here to possibly aid. Uh. I, I suppose. I mean, I sort of look at White Teller. If, if they're going to rep him right guard, is is they like him to ultimately be both. They uh, both uh, the Browns feel can play center, which is probably not great news for Austin Corbett. Uh, that, uh, but but nevertheless, uh, I think right this second, Justin McCray is going to end up being ahead of White Teller just by virtue of the fact he's experienced there. Uh, but uh, that could change. Uh, but my, my guess, if I had to guess right now, is that, uh, that, that White Teller, short of, short of absolutely being so phenomenal that they have to put him on the field or uh, due to injuries, probably never sees the field at right guard by the time Forbes would come back, if that's indeed the plan. So uh, I'm more I, – I think it's going to be Cush – Short of injury until maybe Forbes can take that job. I think at the earliest you'd be looking at something like the the bye week for a change. I think it's Cush's job. I, I think they're going to keep trying to make sure he's honest and keep pushing him and repping and seeing if those guys are, you know, surpass him. But, but I, I, I think the Browns are more comfortable with Cush than they let on.
you all mentioned things about the salary cap and the money with this franchise. You know, Wyatt Teller, he's, you know, another cheap guy here. It's kind of what he's done. Um, Matthew Darcy, first things first. I appreciate the kind words here. And, you know, I thank you. I, it means a ton. Um, Chad Thomas still here. Pete, if Chad Thomas does not suit up week one, it's the same stinking scenario of, you know, what in the world, you know, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. It's okay to admit a mistake. If Chad Thomas and Austin Corbett don't dress Sunday, what in the freak? It's okay, John. You, You missed on a couple. Look what you've done in 20 months. It's okay to admit you missed. Well, I mean, somebody is going to be inactive week one. I expect both of those guys are going to be inactive week one. I expect Sheldrick Redwine is probably going to be inactive week one. Um, but Redwine, at least it's okay. It's it's week one of his career. I mean, these guys now, it's, you know, you're moving them around. And look, even, I mean, you can tell me everything. Chad worked out harder and this, that, and the other thing. But you know, I don't know who he's going to dress over. I have no idea. Well, that's the problem is, is in, in general, I mean, other than – you know, having Drew Stanton inactive, uh, I, I would imagine. Uh, I don't know who else you're going to sit out. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing that one of Kadero Hodge or uh, or uh, Tywan Taylor is going to be inactive. I'm guessing an offensive lineman, likely Austin Corbett, is going to be inactive. I'm guessing a defensive lineman like Chad Thomas is going to be inactive. I'm guessing at least one DB is going to be inactive. And a uh, very good possibility that Malik Jefferson's going to be inactive. Uh, but, you know, that's sort of the, it, it, by virtue of how, this is how it works. You, have, you can only have 47 active on game. It, it, six are going to be out. I, you know, it, it's certainly annoying to, to say, see this over and over again, but I fully expect neither Chad Thomas or uh, Austin Corbett to be active for week one. Yeah. And look, I mean, it's, it, it, this is it's an issue and it's look it's it's okay to admit defeat it really is i mean it's it's part of it it's just something you got to deal with and you know there's better talent and in you know, be okay with the fact that you brought in a Wyatt Teller to cover up for the fact that you you know you know basically Bugs Bunny swung and missed on freaking Austin Corbett it's it's fine you'll make it all work last one here is Trey Foreman and it's you know, basically just an AFC North, and I guess we can just do a little short blimp here on, on where we are AFC North-wise. Uh, I don't think anything's changed, Pete. I, I don't think we're any less confident that the Browns are capable of winning this division. And I, I'm not sure I see any, you know, look, the Bengals, we all agree. They are not a threat. Baltimore, are you going to find a way for Lamar Jackson to be not just Michael Vick runner, but be able to be, you know, win games when you have to throw the ball? Pittsburgh, it's it's a mixed bag. And again, as always, as, as we told you, they are the vampire and the wooden stakes got to be driven through them. Yeah. Um, if anything, I, I mean, I, I think it's absolutely a three-team division. Uh, and the Bengals are just sort of hoping to. They're hanging out with the Dolphins and everybody else, and kind of just w- let's see how close we can get to number one. They're hoping to get through the season healthy and without being too embarrassing. Uh, but uh, I, I think I'm probably slightly higher than I initially was on the Steelers. But this is one of those situations where they are an injury away from disaster at a number of spots. Uh, defensive line in particular, linebacker is is thin. Uh, and they've got three. They can sort of do things, but they, they all have different roles. And the secondary is obviously the Achilles heel for them, and they've got to sort of hide it. I mean, they're paying Joe Hayden another $22 million over for two more years, which is fascinating to me. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a good one. That was fun. They, they, uh, their offense looks good. Um, looks looks very good right now, uh, and and we'll see if that's that's going to be a problem. But I mean, so everything about this seems like the the Steelers are the steady team, the Browns are are, are the uh, the favorite by virtue of the amount of talent they've got, and then the the Ravens could be 
third place, they could be first place. And so much of it just depends entirely on Lamar Jackson and the weapons and how fast they can sort of look like they belong together. So we'll see. Uh, that, that, but the, it's absolutely a three-team race. I think the Ravens have the most potential uh, to be a, a pain in the ass to the Browns. But the Steelers are the team that has, hasn't have not lost to the Browns since 2014. Uh, they have to not just win; they have to beat Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, that's the, you know that's the one thing that benefits about him insisting he's going to stick around is they need to beat him. They need to believe they can beat him because there there could easily be a you know it could be this season where they face him three times and they need to win at least two of those and, and hopefully the last one. Uh, but that's that that that's where I see this division at. I think it's going to be very very competitive. Uh, obviously, the Browns uh, play five division games after the bye week. Um, you know, two of those should be freebies, and then the other three are going to be you know difficult. And and, and you're going to make your money within the division, win those games. Uh, look, you know, and the key here: beat Tennessee, beat the New York Jets, get this on the road where, you know, the confidence is in within everybody in that locker room when you start facing, you know, some really strong opponents that are not in your division and you start measuring up where you're at with those games. Uh, just, I am so excited for Sunday. Pete, wise, Pete, NFL-wise, Browns-wise, is there anything we can touch on? Uh, Jacoby Brissett has agreed to a two-year extension with the Indianapolis Colts for $30 million, $20 million that is guaranteed. If that uh, tells you anything after the Hoyer signing is Andrew Luck ain't ever coming back. I, that's not – They just gave out $39 million in guaranteed to quarterbacks. $30 million to a quarterback for two years is nothing. I mean, that's – Andy Dalton is making that much right now. Um so, well, you, can't, uh, you, you can't use Cincinnati as a barometer, but go ahead. But if it, if it just an averaging 15 million a year for a quarterback, a starting quarterback is, is nothing. So um, I, I, I'm not ruling out anything. Certainly I don't expect luck to come back, but I'm not ruling anything out. The Hoyer signing is just weird. I don't why Why go back to that? But um, yeah. Uh, if the they other, want, I could use the extra money. So Colts, give me a shout, dude. Right. The other one, the other move that stood out to me was Austin Calitro was waived by the Seahawks uh, for a fullback. Um, the only reason that stands out to me is because Austin Calitro is a guy who's consistently uh, just constantly talked about in terms of how good he was in the preseason. It's not something I expect the Browns to make a move on or anything like that, but just that he was a guy that seemed to, to play very well in the preseason. Uh, and, and is a more notable name, and obviously it's happening on Monday on, on, on Labor Day as opposed to the first wave of cuts, so they may be trying to sneak him to their practice squad or something like that. But uh, other than that, um, not, not, not too much. Well, I mean, in Seattle, that's a little difficult. I mean, talking about a guy who had, uh, I think it was you know, almost close to 50 tackles last year. That is a real, real tough guy to you know, just kind of sneak back in. But, you know, Seattle, Philly, we always talk about him. They do business the right way. Uh, Pete, look, uh, you know, obviously, you know, with, you know, Maven over at SI, things are popping, you know, and, and things are, you know, really set. And look, uh, you in a prime position covering the Cleveland Browns. Tell everybody how, how to find out and how to navigate all this stuff because I know SI's, SI's put a lot of effort into this and it's it, it should be fun and it should be really fun for you just like us here where we have a quality product that everybody either wants to love or hate, but look, it, it all draws the same amount of eyes. Sure. Um, still for the time being, if you Google Browns Maven or just, you know, go to Browns Maven or whatever, that's, that'll get you there. Obviously right now uh, the SI people have made it. So if you click on, you know, if you go through their teams and you click on the Browns, um, it'll send you over to us. So that's, that's obviously nice. Um, so, you know, it still seems to be a work in progress as far as what all this is going to look like. I, you know, I know as much as most people do at this point. Um, I'm just, it's always I, nice, it's always I'm nice not, when you work for a network and you're, you seem to get the information fourth, fifth, sixth hand. <laughs> right. So it's one of those things where I'm like everybody else. I'm just sort of waiting to see how all, all this works out. But in the meantime, 
Uh, it's been good the last couple of days, uh, getting a lot of eyeballs on stuff uh, in terms of the coverage with uh, waivers and trades and, and the uh, practice squad, all that stuff. And, you know, rolling that, hopefully rolling it over into the coverage for uh, the game this week, uh, previewing that, getting all that stuff going and then seeing how it goes, you know, with, with through an actual NFL season. Thankfully, uh, the Browns uh, shouldn't be doing any more weird stuff that happens during uh, my, my uh, you know, during coaching stuff for me. So, I mean, they, you know, during practice, they may make a move or something. But in general, it's not going to be like where I miss a preseason game live because I'm at a game. Uh, thankfully, we get to a normal schedule uh, where Friday high school, Saturday college, uh, Sunday NFL type thing. So that, that should be at least normalized and more predictable, which is good. Um, and look, so many have asked, um, we're going to find a way to work in some drafts and maybe if it's a, you know, just a quick 15, 20 minute guys we're looking forward to this weekend. Um, obviously, you know, last week when we got to see, you know, our first, you know, I mean, our second taste of it, we're going to, I'm going to figure something out here. It's just about coordinating schedules, um, you know, with when, Pete is available when he's done and where, where I'm at here. And obviously, you know, right now I, I can't speak for anything here as I, you know, as everybody knows, you know, I got some stuff going on with that. Uh, so trust me, it's not anything we're ignoring. We're just trying to, you know, navigate the waters here, but obviously Pete's got his work over at SI and as locked on grows, as the show grows, you know, there's certain things that I've got to do along with this. So you know, don't, you know, don't think we're forgetting about anything or any of the requests here. It's just, you know, a lot going on here. Once we actually fully get into September and we can kind of just figure out times and this and that and all the other stuff, we will truly get to that. He's Pete Smith. He's Pete Smith. Um, follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore at Browns Maven on Twitter. Make sure you're following that. Brownsmaven.com. Guys, get over there. Become a member. Get involved. Uh, you know, more content is going to be coming here. Uh, a ton over there. And obviously with the show, you know, it's a fun ride for both of us because we've talked about so much crap football. We're really looking forward to talking about some decent, good football. Um, me personally at Jeff underscore, uh, I'm sorry, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Follow me over there. DMS are open. The show itself at locked on Browns, all over case, follow back account. DMS are open. Anything you need, any questions, anything you'd like to hear talked about on the show, by all means, send a DM over to the Lockdown Browns account on Twitter. We'll be sure to do that. Um, again, the appreciation and everybody reaching out today, it, it means a ton, and, and it does. And obviously, you know, you know, and of course, you know, like I've talked about, my dad is, you know, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And that's kind of where we're at with all this. You know, obviously, we're a little, you know, set back trying to, you know, get through it all. You know, right now I have a wife and two daughters all napping because it's been a strenuous couple of days. We're going to be okay. And um, the other thing is, you know, I ain't going to fold because he's going to be looking down and that's just not going to happen. Uh, so, you know, we're getting ready for the 2019 season with all you Browns fans since it's come back. This is hopefully the ride of all your lives since you've gotten your franchise back. And we're looking forward, we're looking really forward to be in, you know, driving this ride with you. Thank you, everybody. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.